The way we consume and share news today is largely rooted in social media outlets. The reason why we decided it is crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Yerika. Good morning, Yerika. Good morning. <laughs> How are you doing this Friday morning? I'm okay. I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks we're for joining tired. us. It's Friday. It's Friday. Um, if it makes you feel any better, we're a little bit closer to starting our weekends. <laughs> How are you today? I think I'm well, but yeah, I am definitely feeling the toll of the week. It, it felt like a long week, but I'm going to flip it on its head and say that job well done, team. <laughs> We've made it. <laughs> Yay! Yay, indeed. Uh, let's jump into some trend casting. It's funny because I thought this trend came and left the scene, but maybe it was relevant all this time. Do you guys know about the kid alt culture? <laughs> yeah, uh, the kid alt market is growing and continues to grow, has been growing mm. at a really fast pace, um, especially during the pandemic. It's, it's helped by that retro boom <laughs> uh, we talked about recently on this segment. So according to data by Korea Creative uh, Content Agency, sales of Kidult products, mm. uh, which totaled around 500 billion won in 2014, surged to 1 trillion won in 2016, and uh, it's 2022 now. So it's been growing even further since then. Now, one of the most popular classic toys for adults is, of course, uh, those construction uh, bricks, Lego. <laughs> and uh, in, in response to increased uh, spending power of adult customers or adults, the toy company, which is, of course, loved the world over, has been diversifying its sets inspired by uh, various industries, including mm. entertainment, the arts, mm. design, music, travel, and even history. Mm. You, talk, you talk, talked about the building blocks, and honestly, I mean, they're so elaborate. It's hard for me to believe that they're designed for children. Um, I think it's designed for adults to make for their children, and yeah. it's so detailed and elaborate. I could see why it, it, it could easily be a collectible for a full-grown adult. You know, I recently visited a friend's house. They have two uh, small boys, <laughs> and uh, they recently moved to a new, bigger apartment, and I, I see something that looks like a shoe closet, so... <laughs> I casually opened the door. I'm like, oh, this is a, a really big shoe closet. And then inside I found box after box after box all stacked up and they're all Lego. And I'm like, are these for your kids? And uh, he's like, nope, <laughs> they're all for me. They're all for me. You know, the most dedicated collectors, and I do have a few around me, uh, they buy two boxes of the same thing. Yeah. One is for building. The other is for essentially collecting. And when it yep. amasses to be a bigger fortune, they sell they it. sell it. Yep. Or that's what they say that their plans are. I mean, the amount of boxes that my friend and your friend had, I, I just feel like it's for them, not for, <laughs> I don't know, investments. Yeah. But whatever the reason may be, the kid culture is going strong in South Korea. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> uh, adult customers accounted for more than 20% of the total number of consumers last year in 2021. So that definitely says a lot. One irony, though, that I noticed, uh, my friend who has all these sets of Lego boxes that he hasn't even opened, he doesn't have the time to build them. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, so, right? And, yeah. and you buy them because you, you feel, though, it is most of the times really exclusive, right? And so you first get them and then you eventually hope that you have time for two two boys yeah. you said yeah two little boys <laughs> mm, a little bit more growing up to do for the kids and then the dad will have some time the mom will yeah. have some time now uh, besides these building blocks what other retro toys are trending among then particularly adult customers well, uh, the Toys R Us branches run by Lotte Mart started offering retro toys, including Nintendo and Pokemon-themed products at discounted prices starting at the end of April. They probably had Children's Day in mind. Uh, sales of Pokemon-themed toys, such as models, cards, and dolls, have jumped more than 320% oh. during the week starting April 28th. Compared to the same period last year, sales of Nintendo products soared 260%, while the sales of plastic model kits, including Star Wars and Kondam, increased by over 40%. See, I'm trying to make sense of that, because if it's a comparison on year, last year we had Children's Day, too. Last year we yeah. celebrated Family Month. And I mean, yes, maybe the heat of the pandemic was a little bit different, but we celebrated something there. So that's really interesting. We're just spending more money, apparently, on toys <laughs> and collectibles. Uh, Lena, you grew up in the U.S. Are you familiar with the Mimi doll? I am because I also had nieces and nephews, and that's how I knew. I didn't have one. I wanted one. When I was growing up in California, <laughs> it was difficult to get the Korean version of the same Barbie doll. Oh, I see. <laughs> so basically, the Mimi doll is South Korea's answer to Barbie, right? Mm, yeah. And uh, in line with this rising retro trend, Korean fashion retailer LF introduced a limited edition of the Hazzy's Mimi collaboration, which features the Mimi doll yeah. and the company's fashion brand, Hazzy's. And uh, yeah, apparently it's really popular. The retailer opened a booth at the Hyundai Seoul in Yoido last month, invited visitors to try on these retro-themed doll clothes oh. and take photos. Super popular. Over 1,000 dolls were sold out in just four days. Again, I think it's a collectible angle, right? There's something exclusive yep. about that. And putting really fashionable clothes on dolls make it pretty exclusive. I feel like that's a golden ticket to price things at a much higher point. And the adults would suddenly be very inclined to try it out. Yeah. A thousand dolls, huh? <laughs> exactly. You know, experts say that the pandemic has had a direct effect on this adult trend. Really? Uh, people were forced to spend most of their time at home. And these retro toys provided them with a sense of comfort, I guess. It's Aww. nostalgic. And yeah. uh, industry experts say that this adult trend is not going to go away anytime soon mm. and is expected to grow even bigger and become more diversified in the coming, uh, I guess, weeks and months. <laughs> I mean, where there is demand, of course, I suppose yeah. toy makers can bank in and cash in on what the trend seems to point at. Kidult, here to stay, apparently. On to our second buzzword this morning. So it turns out traditional Korean musicians, uh, really notable figures in the country, are protesting. The country's government's uh, proposed new music curriculum. What seems to be the trouble here? 
Yeah, so what happened was uh, on Wednesday, uh, 12 intangible cultural heritage masters and dozens of music educators gathered uh, to protest the government's newly proposed school curriculum for elementary, middle, and high schools. Uh, they called it a massacre of Kugak. Kugak refers to Korean traditional music. And uh, the protest was led by uh, 83-year-old Lee Young-hee, who is an intangible cultural heritage master of Kayagam Sanjo and Pyeongchang. And the group condemned this uh, ongoing government research project led by the Ministry of Education to revamp the current school music curriculum. Okay, we'll get to the details of why that seems to be uh, a point of concern for these uh, cultural heritage masters because revamping a school music curriculum doesn't sound like a bad thing so far yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, a protest by a, a group of these uh, cultural heritage masters is not something we see often. In fact, they're okay. more, I think, dedicated to perfecting the craft and ensuring that the next generation actually take, take on some of their uh, leadership as well. What was then their message this time around and what kind of concerns that they have? Well, they're just asking the government to maintain the level of Kugak education at the current level um, because the government is planning to cut it down in the new Mm -hmm. curriculum. And they were urging the government not to omit uh, traditional music from its new music curriculum for schools, saying that Kugak should be leading Mm -hmm. K-culture in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. You know, these are masters who have devoted their lives to preserve and pass on these national cultural treasures, and they have been honored in the form of human cultural heritage. Uh, But it all means nothing when the younger generation are not given the opportunity to learn about Kugak. Uh, And many of them who assembled on Wednesday have long been on the list of intangible cultural heritage masters, 175 artists in total committed to preserving traditional Korean arts. And um, at the press conference, they numerous times over numerous occasions quoted Article 9 of South Korea's constitution, and they insisted that removing Kugak from the school curriculum is against the spirit of the Korean constitution. Okay, so maybe it's worth asking, what does Article 9 then stipulate exactly? Well, it states that the state shall strive to sustain and develop the cultural heritage and to enhance national culture. And uh, the current curriculum uh, at elementary, middle and high schools devotes about a 30 percent to 40 percent to traditional Korean music. Mm. But um, again, that is going to, according to the new curriculum, Mm. going to be cut down by quite a lot. The thing is, without a traditional music, Korean traditional dance cannot exist either. Yeah, they go hand in hand. And uh, that art form you just mentioned, Korean traditional dance is on the verge of disappearing as well due to a lack of interest and support. Uh, One of the masters noted that BTS, if BTS didn't know what Arirang is or what fan dancing is, uh, they would not have been able to perform these art forms uh, for the world to know. And I think it is in the interest of national identity and it was something worth preserving there, right? Uh, it is about national roots, perhaps, for the country, something that seems to be a, a really important element in uh, even promoting K-pop these days. So maybe yeah. there is something important there that we might be losing out on if the curriculum does change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really sound like they're asking for too much, at least based on what you've told me. 
Yeah, you know, and uh, the ministry has responded to their uh, requests. Uh, they they basically rebutted their claim, mm-hmm. saying it is simply trying to make amendments for a more balanced curriculum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second phase of the drafting process is going to begin later this year. Whether they're going to take into consideration what these masters are asking for, mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. All right, and on to our last buzzword this morning. South Korea's leading music festivals returning to the stage um, in light of well summer festivity season (laughs) yeah are you a big festivals person lena (laughs) i think i'm a tried and true introvert i don't gain energy by going to these events with lots of people but i can see the excitement i really can (laughs) yeah so all of these large-scale outdoor music festivals that haven't been able to take place because of the pandemic are returning to the stage starting this month and that includes this whole jazz festival people are excited by the way honestly soul jazz festival i can do because it's less EDM and it's le- a little bit more uh, lounge on the grass and mm-hmm. that I can do. <laughs> the resumption of outdoor events is really a welcome news for the industry, of course, as well as for the people who want to enjoy a little bit of live music. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, people are super excited about everything that's coming up and the expectations are running so high that the industry is unable to meet the overflowing demand. For example, reservations for Seoul Jazz Festival 2022 opened on April 27th. Uh, through two ticketing agencies, it sold out in under a minute. Uh, it is popular. I mean, pre-pandemic, it was yep. popular, but that's that's a little crazy. Under a minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we're running out of time, so yeah. just wanted to mention this one other festival that's opening this summer in the month of August, the annual uh, rock festival that's been taking place for a really long time, actually. The Pentaport mm-hmm. Rock Festival is also returning to the stage this All summer. All right, some things to look forward to. Thank you so much, yeah. Erica. Have a restful weekend. Have a good weekend. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.